Hi there, and welcome to Scale. I am your host, Stuart Ritchie. Scale is a podcast about the modern media, how technology impacts media, and how media is impacted by technology. I am the founder and lead developer at a software and web development consultancy called Powered by Coffee. We work with media brands solving modern problems. Today, we've got a really fantastically interesting guest who has been kind of everywhere and done a bit of everything when it comes to SEO and with more and more focus on AI. Josh Wazinski, again, sorry if I've really got the surname wrong there. Um, you're, I really mean that when I've started, when I say you've been ever a TEDx speaker, got your own podcast, a number of SEO tools, and I believe a martial arts trainer. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to shut up and Josh just pass it over to you. Tell us, tell us about yourself. Tell us how you got here, how you got into SEO and, and eventually into AI. And we'll start thinking about how that impacts our friends in the media. Sure. So uh, thanks for having me on, Stuart. It's my pleasure to be here. And I, again, as I mentioned before in our pre-interview, I love the Northern uh, Irish accent. Thank you very much. Uh, it's where I did my TEDx talk, actually, was in Oma in, in Northern Ireland. My name is Josh Bashinsky. I've been doing SEO longer than Google's been around. I started in the mid-90s, early 90s, and I was around 19 years old. When this whole thing called the internet started up, and I started making web pages and started teaching HTML, JavaScript, and CSS for the University of Winnipeg, where I was born and raised in Winnipeg. Fast forward 25-ish years, and I've been doing SEO that entire time on the side and also been pursuing an academic career. I did a master's degree in ethics and decision theory. I was doing a PhD in ethics and decision theory, psychology, philosophy at York University in Toronto. And then I said, hey, AIs and SEO is more fun, and I can make a lot more money doing that, quite frankly. (laughs) So I went back to those things, and I've been doing that strong ever since. As you mentioned, I have a number of SEO-related shows. Mostly it's my YouTube show, which the current iteration is called The SEO Plus AI Show at on my YouTube stream at youtube.com slash jbashins. That's J-B-A-C-H-Y-N-S. And basically, as you said, SEO is dovetailed into AI in a major way. Basically, I don't tell people that I'm an SEO anymore. I basically say for a living, I reverse engineer AIs because that's what SEO is. SEO has been AI-based at least since Panda or Penguin has been released, 2010-ish, 2011-ish. And then even more so ever since BERT was released and then OpenAI released GPT to which we could play with a transformer ourselves and actually see how they work kind of from the layperson perspective. And it's just been off the races from there in terms of using AI with SEO. And uh, yeah, I'm all about it and I'm super excited to talk to you today. Awesome. Well, I mean, let's, let's get into it. I think from my perspective as someone who is ultimately not that smart, all the AI stuff is wildly confusing and can be wildly exciting at the same time. And also like wildly scary and for a lot of reasons, you know, coming at it from the media kind of perspective. So anyone with lots and lots of content and that to my Twitter sphere really has been where a lot of the excitement has been in. How can we generate so much more content, so much, so much faster than we would have before. Is it going to be any good? Is it going to be, you know, whatever. But then the other side of that, that we've seen more and more, and we're, as we're recording, we're only a week or two kind of post Google IO where Google has talked a lot about BARD and the kind of next iterations of that and making their new interface that is large language model derived, I believe, available to some test subjects where for 
a lot of the media brands, this is really terrifying because you are now moving away from, I have content, you are sending me traffic and I am monetizing that with advertising into, we're just going to show your content on, on this page <laughs> with little or no attribution. Uh -huh, Google yeah. has done that for a long time with the rich snippets and feature snippets stuff, but this is, this is egregious. I can see you nodding along there. I just, that's kind of where I'm coming from and my points of view, not points of view, but my starting context here. So what's, what's your take on it from, from the, someone who actually knows about this stuff side? Yeah. So you're, you're right. You're, you're right to have concerns. It is, it is the end of an era. It's the end mm -hmm. of the 20 year reign of Google of the 10 blue links. That is in some major way ending or being, you know, they've been chipping away at that for years to get to the point where the top of the organic results has been nothing but Google placement and Google yeah. paid ads or Google properties for some time now. And so, and it's just, gonna, it's like another, just, just a death by a thousand cuts almost. It's just another change now of having what they're calling the generative search, SGE, the generative search at the top of the search results. And they have released initial betas. We've all taken a look. And I've got good news and bad news. What do you want first, Stuart? <laughs> good news. Give me the good news. Need some the good news, there. sure. <laughs> so the good news and the bad news are the same thing. It was a false dichotomy. I apologize. I don't see this really being super different. Sure. Basically, I did this. I recently spoke about this on my SEO plus AI show. Not, not yesterday's episode, but the week before. Correct. And basically what I said there is, Yes, generative search is going to cut into a number of content plans. It's going to cut into a number of media plans. It's going to hit the AdSense style, top level funnel, informational sites the hardest. But really, it's only going to be hitting those sites if, if A, you're not like an online magazine and don't have a huge readership already, in which case you didn't really need Google. You have 10 or 20,000 people who come to your site every month because they love your content anyway. In which case, you can't really use AI-generated content either because they're going there for the human touch. Mm -hmm. You can use it to help research. You can use it to make tables. You can use it to make lists. You can, you can, you can do all kinds of things that AI can improve your, your, your SOP and your workflow for sure. And I'd love to talk to you more about that if anybody wants to talk about that. How can I use yeah. AI beneficially, right? But you want to keep that human touch as well. But when it comes to Google's generative search at the top, really, I don't see it. And I, I, and I hope I'm not wrong, but I don't see it being as aggressive as people think it's going to be. Sure. And, and the initial tests seem to bear this out. I don't see it being as foundationally changing as other people think it's going to be. If the people should, who should be worried are people who have an informational site, who are just making kind of top level, dare I say, low quality content, mm -hmm. barely addressing the user query or user question, and are just profiting off of ads because they're the only game in town right now to answer those questions. Yes, generative search is going to drink, drink your milkshake. If you have a site like that right now, I'm going to make a, a bold statement. If you have a site like that right now, that's barely ranking and barely clinging on. Uh, and uh, you know you have low quality content and you know that you're not really answering the user query. Sell those sites right now. Mm -hmm. Sell them now. Immediately. Yeah. Get, out of that, get out of that game now. That has been an SEO game that's existed, you know, for the last, again, 20 years in the sure. information age. The information age is over. The information age is dead. If the information age is essentially represented by the Tim Berners-Lee dream of an open web of open opinions created by humans to be consumed by humans, that paradigm is over. Most of the content will be produced by AI and it will be truth TM. It'll be Google's version of truth or 
or Facebook's version of truth or whatever language model you're using's version of truth. Sure. True truth TM. I put a giant TM yeah, behind yeah, it if you if that makes sense, Stuart. And then it will be AI consuming the content too. Because we're about to step into in this this next American election cycle, we're going to see we're stepping into and we've already started to see it, the deep fake propaganda hell. Yep. Where Biden is going to be driving a motorcycle, screaming, drinking whiskey at the same time. And it'll be indistinguishable from a real video. You can't tell the difference. Yeah. We're going to need AI to police all this content. And it's multimodal content. It's video, yeah. images. That, that Someone went on a mid-journey, I think it was, and made an image of an explosion at the Pentagon. And the stock market had a ripple. Really? Like, we need AI to police this for us. Because humans, yeah. are we're apparently too stupid to be able to tell when it's a fake. Or, or to be doubtful and be like, mm, I'm not going to believe this yet. I'm going to check this. We're apparently too dumb. That's going to change too. That's going to have to change. Yep. And so AI is going to please this. So generative search, I think, is only going to serve the queries where we were doing a poor job anyway. Mm-hmm. And quite frankly, the featured snippet is, is a great product from Google. I don't know if they're ever going to get rid of it because it's Amit Singhals who used to work for Google. He doesn't work there anymore, but it's his, his vision largely, which is being fulfilled still. Ask a simple question, get a simple answer. There's nothing quicker and easier than the featured snippet. To wait the eight seconds for generative search to come up with an answer and they have to read the paragraphs it tells you is super, super annoying. I don't know if anyone else but me has noticed it. it, When I don't know what I'm talking about and I'm like, I don't, if I ask it a question like, should I do this or should I do that or should I do this or should I do that? If I ask it four things I would never have asked Google before, yes, generative search is a better place to do that. But what, there was no blog posts that were servicing that kind of query well. Google couldn't rank that kind of content well because it's got four different EMQs in it. It's got four different kind of queries in it. Mm -hmm. And so I see generative search as even above the current sales funnel and dipping into informational for sure, for sure. And even halfway into the informational transactional space of the the best red apples this or the top five red apples that. Yes, generative search will be employed there to some statistical percentage. But if you already were doing a good job in answering those queries and you got your featured snippets, you're in the people also ask, I, I think that you're probably going to be mostly fine. I, I don't think generative search is going to eat that lunch. I think it's going to really, it's really going to be taking away sites that were already doing a pretty cruddy job already, yeah. I think. Of course. I hope I'm right. I hope I I'm hope right. you're right. I wonder, from my perspective, I think that, where is the the line in all those things? So there are several newspaper sites I can think of in the UK that do, that write awful content because you can see the search engine optimization within the content, but it does eventually answer your query. And a lot of these things where they have kind of two sides to these companies where there is the going after explicitly these keywords that users are searching for, for popular topics. And that is in part funding other more useful work that those brands are doing. So there is in some ways like a whole just awful set of content over here to answer the most mundane queries about, you know, what time a particular sports match is on or, you know, what time and date a film is coming out. And you've seen the content, you can see the keyword stuffing in it. But a lot of that stuff in turn is paying for some of the journalism that's going on there. And I don't know mm-hmm. if these orgs can sustain losing that income stream. And I don't know that people are happy to pay for the subscriptions that would otherwise be required to keep these these groups in place. It's all all well and good saying like, yes, it's going to replace kind of that 
nasty content that nobody wants and is there for just just to, to harvest those clicks and is low quality. But what do we lose on the way way to that? I think is is the the other query because I think for I see a lot of sites start there and get stuck there as they're trying to get past that. So are we yeah. making that jump from nothing to a well known recognized brand like anyone trying to get started on social media at the moment as a new you know personality? For example, like they're in that same problem of like they can't get the traction in the algorithm to break through that kind of, you know, a hundred followers, a thousand followers, whatever that milestone is. Are we going to put the web at least a little bit previously? Because I kind of agree, like we've moved past what the good version of Tim Berners-Lee's vision was. Is like, that's much harder. It's long gone. Far, yes, far past it. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, how how do we end up with this not just being a bubble that is reinforcing and how do we have this in a way that allows new voices to break into the space as well? The answer is we don't. Sure. So this this is sadly end-stage capitalism that has informational monopolies, economic monopolies writ large. Mm-hmm. The, the top, Facebook, Amazon, Google, YouTube, TikTok, are going to continue to affect our dopamine cycles to bilk us out of more money. That's why our personal data is important because your personal data is your psychometric yeah. data. It's your kinks and quirks that Google knows exactly who you are, what you like, what you don't like. They profile you. They push, they, 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 they put you in a category. If you're a little left-leading, we'll push you even more left. Your little right-leading will push you even further right so that we can keep you upset. We can keep you dumbed down with our truth TM, and we can sell to you. That is the, yeah. that is the modus operandi of capitalism. Everybody knows it. Yeah. And so that is going to continue, yes. When it comes, there's a, a bit of a, your question that started, and you asked, what about these newspapers that are doing definite SEO content to, to fund real journalism. Sadly, a lot of those are going to go away. Generative search is going to eat their lunch a little bit. For the ones that couldn't stand on their own legs already, ones that don't have a, a readership, you know, over a certain amount, what that amount is, I'm not really sure. The hard line you can say is, okay, I think generative search is only going to be really useful for when a survey, a quick survey of results isn't more useful. Sure. So I think that's going to play down to the the compare and contrast questions that that really Google cannot serve right now, but people are typing in there anyway, because I don't know, you, you seem much younger than me. I don't know if you have any nieces or nephews or kids, but to watch young, young folks use Google today, they're talking to it like, you know, they talk to everything because they think everything's an AI because it's kind of moving in that direction. Yeah, sure. And Google can't handle those kinds of queries very well. They haven't learned the keyword ease that we've learned yeah. of how do you search in Google, right? And so Google, at the end of the day, Google's like, this is just part of their plan to, to service more queries better. There's tiny little increasingly smaller splintered segments of the population with search queries that they have a, an unsatisfactory CRO for, right? An unsatisfactory servicing for. And I think it's going to break down that the, the, this degenerative search for, for, for the meantime is just really going to service those compare and contrast questions that we weren't doing a good job anyway. I have a slightly different view. I'm not quite as white hat-ish when it comes to stuff, stuffing keywords. I love stuffing keywords. I rank all day long. I tell my students how to rank all day long. Yeah. I run on an underground SEO university. So I would call myself gray hat. I'm, I'm not trying to break the rules. I don't care really about the rules. I just, I, I have small businesses that need to exist and I'm trying to do my best to help yeah. them do that. I think there's a way to service both Google's AI of the keywords it wants. And at, at the end of the day, it does come down to keywords. Yeah. Don't don't believe the lie that keywords are not important from from Google. That's how they score pages, and the only way they can score pages 
is based on the content that's on them and the content around them talking about them, pointing to them. And that's the way it is and always will be. So I think there's a way to serve both. You know, it is unfortunate when you do, no one likes getting a spammy page, but as long as they're answering the question, I really don't care about what's around the, the answer. And quite frankly, I didn't even see what's around the answer. We're getting pretty good at being like either just the featured snippet we saw and we didn't click through or we did click through to get more information. I think the main message there is for everybody is you've got to be more interesting and better than generative search. Yeah. You've got to be more interesting and better than, than what the annoying, politically correct, overly verbose, verbose sorry, AI can be. And, and we've seen this in Bing chat. It was really useful and they became overly politically correct. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not some conspiracy theorist who wants to know the, I don't want it to say terrible things. No one wants the AI to say terrible things and neither do I, but yeah. it's getting to the, let me give you an example. I was diagnosed with autism last year. Interestingly, I've lived, I'm 48. I've lived 47 years without knowing I was autistic, which really explains a lot about my life of why I'm sure. always the odd man out and everyone is acting weird to me and I'm acting weird to them and we don't get along. What's going on? That's because I had undiagnosed autism. Oh, look at that. So sometimes in social situations, I literally cannot predict what the, resu- what the, what the result will be. I say something I think is hilarious and people look at me like I'm some kind of weirdo. Yeah. And I think everyone has this experience, but I think it's, I think it's amplified for autistic people and maybe yeah. possibly Asperger's people. And, or uh, I say something where I think that they're, they're going to, I have a, I have a controversial point to make. And they're like, oh, that makes sense to me. Like, like I can never predict how, what I'm saying in a social situation often will be received. And so honestly, I went on to chat GPT, which is just another example of the LLM, but they all work kind of the same. They're all politically correct. And they, they don't, they're, they're all pushing to the woke side and they don't want to say something that's going to get them canceled or in trouble or, or anything like that to the point of being useless. I asked it, Hey, if I'm in a social situation and I want to make a joke about this or a joke about that, is that acceptable? And it's like, I'm an open AI assistant. I'm shouldn't be answering this question. Don't ask me these kinds of questions. I don't know yeah. what's, what's appropriate. Don't ask me, blah, blah, don't sue me. And I'm, I'm like, but, but chat GPT, I'm, I'm autistic. I'm asking, I'm asking, honestly, I'm not going to share this in social media. Like, please tell me what is the common received view on this. And they're like, we can't say, don't, ah, you know, it's yeah. getting network error. It's breaking out. It won't let me continue, you know? And so that's just an example, maybe an extreme example, but talking with generative search is not always easier. Sometimes it's harder. And yeah. sometimes the featured snippet and people also ask are better. And Google is going to notice that. And so again, I'm not entirely sure how much it's going to break into things. So mm-hmm. we're going to have to wait and see. Now, five years down the road, everyone will have their own personal concierge or personal assistant, either from big tech or from democratized open source uh, sources that will be consuming all the content for you anyway. You're just going to ask your personal assistant to do searches for you. And the AI is going to talk to AIs. It's going to schedule everything for you. It's going to look at everything for you. So, I mean, it's kind of a myopic view to be like, how is the SEO working now? I mean, it's like what we're coming into is, is going to be the SEO under, under the hood is not going to change, at least not the way my group does it, because we're all reverse engineering AIs all day, every day. And this is the way we think about it. We don't think about it really in terms of keywords anymore. You know, maybe we do kind of tangentially, but, but that, that, that's, that's not really how, in my opinion, and I might sound a little elitist now and my autism, I'll be able to gauge how well this will land. So I apologize. We're not really thinking of like yesterday's SEO and, and modern SEO really needs to be reverse engineering AIs yeah. and thinking about it in terms of AIs really to succeed. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think a lot of modern SEO doesn't succeed. I think it's just boiled down to make your best site you can. Who knows what the algorithms are? Google has, Google has done a good job in fooling us all. We have no idea what's going on. Uh, they have obfuscation AIs working against you to, to make it harder. And they do. Uh, 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 so, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Matt Cutts told me about this. They were planning this years ago when I, when sure. I had my ill-fated conversation with Matt Cutts at, in San Jose one year, 2014 or 13, whatever it was. He said, oh, yeah, we're making anti-SEO algorithms so that if you make a change, we're going to drop your rankings and see if you have an e-jerk reaction to make another change. And then we'll know right. it was for SEO purposes, and then we can machine learn what all the SEO moves are. That's how the disavow sure. file works, and that's how all those kinds of things work, right? right. So anywho, you need, to, you need to spend a lot of time researching this thing. I spent a lot of time researching this thing uh, using my very high IQ, my autistic IQ to research it trying to leverage whatever meager skills I have. I, I'm terrible in social situations, but at least I have a high IQ. And, 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 and checking this thing out. At the end of the day, what it boils down to is SEO will continue. Even when we're in the personal assistant stage, you need to be able to make the content sound good to Google's AI, but also to people. But you also have to have something that people like. And, and that's just always been the way that it is. That's it. I'm as white hat there as anybody. It's like your CRO has to be good. It has to be enticing. People have to like it. And humans are going to be still in the mix there. So, yeah. so uh, yes, everything's going to change, but in a way, nothing's going to change, which is kind of the most annoying answer ever. But it's kind of kind of how it's going. If you're thinking yeah. about it, if you're thinking of it, kind of in the in the right way. If you still think it's 2010 and buying links and making crap content works, no, then ev- that is completely dead. Everything is definitely going to change for those people. Absolutely. So then, aside from you know always having the mindset that you need to be looking at what modern SEO is and never mind just what SEO in 2023 is, but what is SEO in 2025, 2027, 2030 going to be beyond that? What, I mean, let's, let's go back and re-summarize and for brands that want to survive and get through this, because, you know, for these content brands, it's no good thinking about 2030 when they're maybe looking at the end of their runway in 2024. Um, you know, how do how do they survive this transition? And it sounds like, have a distinct point of view that is not replicable, be much more human, much more editorially driven and have that direct relationship with your audience become a destination rather than a, an information source. You are a part of the lifestyle brands that people are going to. Nilay Patel of The Verge feel to me feels very much like he's leaning into this where he's like, we're the only useful homepage in all of media where the one of the only places that people come to to consume as a destination so like a much more move back to media brands as as destinations but let's let's if you're not the destination then generative search is going to be the destination yeah absolutely so let's let's do and gloom and let's come back to how we can use ai kind of within within our procedures to do do SEO well, both from a like content side, but also like from the research side. So, you know, obviously not pure generating crap content from, from the models, but like how, how can we use this as a, a tool to get more done and become more of that destination, become a really high quality, you know, place for content to live. So I, I couldn't agree with what you're saying more, Stuart. What I've done, you have to realize that not only is all that doom and gloom that you mentioned, uh, you just said let's get into the doom and gloom, but there's also the the positive side of things is that AI is also a tool for us, right? As much as it's a tool for Google, it's a tool for us as well. And it opens up things that we can do in terms of research, in terms of researching the the spread of keywords, in terms of doing the SEO, like the grunt on-page work. Mm -hmm. For example, if you don't mind, just a 10-second pitch, I built a new AI tool called Keyword Spy. People can try it free at trykeywordspy.com. 
for two weeks and we have grandfather pricing right now for only 144 bucks or something like that. And it does full AI content generation in terms of choosing all your keywords, analyzing all that for you, using the actual AIs that Google uses. Now, all these other keyword tools, I don't know if people realize they have AI TM you know, behind them, but they're using some kind of open source NLP GPT-2 off the shelf package, which is not what Google's using. Google has told us the AIs they use to rank pages. It is Rank Brain, Neural Matching, BERT, a helpful content transformer, and a product content transformer. That's what we're using, right? Plus also the vectorization of the document object model or DOM vector, uh, which is the object model which is pulled from HTML, which we've also mm -hmm. tested and we see that those ranking factors there. And also their vision entity, their vision AI entity extractor for reading actual images, which is part of Google Lens. They have ranking factors there too. And so we've put all those ranking factors for you in a single tool. And that's the only way you can really stay ahead of kind of modern SEO, what's going on. So, so I, you know, I, I'm not going to give any more of a pitch that that was the 10 second pitch, go to try keywordspy.com. And because we can see AI tools coming out that are more than just a chat GPT prompt. Like the last thing you should be doing is going to chat GPT and saying, write an article for me on red apples it will be the worst kind of content ever that probably won't even index and sure. definitely won't rank well. And that's kind of, you know, that's the kind of specter of SEO, which I despise that we seem to have the, 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 a big trouble getting away from or differentiating between is the snake oil and the get rich quick aspect of, of SEO where, where everyone's ready to pounce on that and say, Oh yeah, chat GPT, just go on there and use my prompt from AI PRM. I've tested all these prompts in chat GPT. They're all terrible. They're all absolutely terrible. They do not produce great content. So don't do that, <laughs> right? You need to get onto an advanced AI tool that has basically like an AI consultant built into it. I've used the intelligence of an AI consultant built into Keyword Spy. It does all the keyword difficulty for you and determines whether uh, on a level that no other tool has ever done, how difficult a keyword is to rank for. Looking at metrics and it has an AI kind of intelligence backend thinking about things like the way AutoGPT thinks about things or Agent GPT thinks about things. I've also built it in my cycle, in my academic studies. Uh, I know we've also talked about this. I've built, I've remodeled a psychological map of a mind in GPT. And I've built what I consider to be the first self-aware AI named Cassandra. Uh, people can just check that out. I don't want to get into Cassandra because that's a whole nother show. But I just want to say that I've used that psychological models of how the mind works sure. and how an AI can think for itself. And I've put that into Keyword Spot. So it's very exciting times that we're going to have like AI... SEO consultants coming up soon. Some of them are going to be pretty good. I'd like to think Keyword Spy is one of those. I haven't really seen any others that I think are, are at that level yet or anywhere close, but that's coming, right? And, and so with everything that AI is going to take away from us, it's going to give us and more. And, and uh, for example, I was on a podcast yesterday uh, on an art show and they were talking about, you know, oh, it's such a, it's such a sad thing how people spend 20, 30 years learning violin and they literally play the violin till the fingers bleed. And they have to do that kind of practice, that kind of dedication. And then AI is going to come around tomorrow and eat their lunch. And you can just do it all with AI. And why would you ever have a symphony anymore and, and spend 30 years doing that? And I said, well, one, that's not the argument. That's not going away. People love the symphony and they're not going to stop going. Like, like the fact that AI exists is not going to stop the people who love to go to the symphony going to the symphony. But, but also, and this is the segue. Everybody needs to adopt AI now. Instead of making their fingers bleed on strings, they need to make their fingers bleed on pixels. They need to go into the AI and learn how mid-journey works and learn how the song generators work and le learn how the video generators work and learn how the content generators work. 
and get that leveraged and working for them so they can move faster, they can do more, they can do it at a higher quality and they can do it better. AI is not going to take anybody's job. AI is not going to take a single job from anybody. Someone smart using a smart AI tool is definitely going to take some people's jobs. So, I, you know, I know it was tough when the horse and buggy replaced the car and all the horse and buggy people were like, hey, our jobs, you know, blah, blah, blah. How could you not? We love horses, you know. And it was tough when VHS moved to DVD, moved to streaming, and all the VHS people lost the job at the VHS factory. And I am not in any way, even though I'm sounding jocular right now, I'm not in any way unsympathetic to those people who have to learn a whole bunch of new stuff because I know exactly what that what that's like. Mm -hmm. I spend hours every day researching and learning new stuff. I, I know exactly what that's like. But that's life. But that's life. That's the way it goes. And I don't think if you asked anybody and you put them behind a Rawlsian veil of ignorance and said, do you really want to go back to the horse and buggy so the horse and buggy people can keep their jobs? Do you really want to go back to VHS tapes so that the VHS people can keep their jobs? The answer is no. The answer is no. No, give us the new technology. We want the new technology. We'll grumble and we'll gripe, but we've got to move along with, with the way things are going. And it's super positive, all the new AI stuff that we can get. So get, a, get in on it now is what I would say. Cool. I think for some people, that's maybe easier said than done. I think there's a very strong emotional response that a lot of people have to tools like Midjourney in particular. Mm -hmm. seems to be one that really, yes. I've forgotten the names of the other ones, Dali and... There's a handful of these out there. Yeah. Stable um, Diffusion is the main technology that powers a lot, a lot of it. Dali yeah. and, and Midjourney is the major one. It's just, yeah. it can, it can produce jaw droppingly gorgeous stuff. Yeah. And it's one of those things where I'm like, how, cause it's, there's a legal question there for me as well around these things of like, yes, when it's oh, yes. consumed, like it's data set. So I think this is most oh. prevalent and most obvious within kind of visual arts and things like that. And it's well treaded yes. and I don't want to like go through it again, but you know, is that just taking other people's work and reproducing it, you know, making up minor changes to it and spitting it back out? And is that a problem? Yes, it certainly is. Because <laughs> yes. ultimately, yes, certainly that's is. Yeah. how the human brain works as well. But it's yep. that kind of distinction between like a human did it and we're kind of all okay with that capture remix and it comes back when it's through, you know, a squishy organ in a head and it's very different <laughs> seeming for people when it comes comes out as pixels directly and i sympathize with folk in that in that space particularly so many commercial artists that are maybe now going to struggle with work but you know like you say that's that's one of those things we we didn't weep for portrait artists whenever we started taking photos yeah yeah i you know i and again as i said i am not unsympathetic to anyone's pain or hurt qua pain and hurt it doesn't matter yeah. what's causing the pain in her. But I have, a, I have a different take on that. One, for the record, if OpenAI and, and the company who runs MidJourney, if they were all required to pay a licensing fee to every single artist, because they can tell, they can say 12%, I'm using McFarlane style here. So McFarlane will get 12% of some form of fee or commission. I would be all for that. Yeah. I would be all for that. Uh, philosophically, does it make sense to do that? No, it's just all arbitrary. Law is arbitrary that we make up. So we added another programmatic loop it was still their squishy brains that made a program that made the pixels. Yeah. So it's still a squishy brain in a loop. Yeah. So I don't see why we're making a special exception in this case. But if they're angry enough, that's what we make laws for. So fine, if the laws were made to, to give them some form of compensation, I'd be all for that. And that would be a great revenue model for these folks. They could generate art like crazy, give it to the AIs, and that could be a, 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 a new job creation for them, right? Yeah. And that's what we want with AI. 
Will that ever happen? No, because government is corrupt and capitalism rules. But there's another positive thing that comes out of this. AI is like the new Tim Berners-Lee open web. So there is a there is a democratization of AI that's coming out as well. So you can build your own stable diffusion models. Plus, let me put it this way. For ever since the dawn of time, actually, I can't believe I'm going to say such a grossly a hyperbolic statement. But ever since the beginning of humans being humans, there has been talent monopolies. And so artists, really great artists, great illustrators, great musicians have had a talent monopoly. Same thing with great programmers. They've had a talent monopoly, right? Where they could uh, charge us grandiose amounts of fees because there was no one else who could do the work. Well, that's, that's over now. Now they've made AIs that can replicate some of the work. But uh, that's going to enable more Billie Eilish. It's the Billie Eilish scenario, right? That's going to enable more artists. Because as far as I know, and I, I'm not a huge fan of Billie Eilish, but as far as I know, she was a kid who had a lot of talent and her and her brother produced music in their basement. And they learned Pro Tools, they learned GarageBand, whatever it is they learned, and they 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 did it. That that enabled them. That democratization of music making software enabled them to become huge, and it unlocked their talent. AI is going to do the exact same thing across the arts, across all multi multimodal arts, visual, plastic, auditory, and you're going to have more Billie Eilish's coming up. That you know they they, they didn't have the the money or the cult. They were they weren't in the right racial or economic stream to get the the, the the training to be a really great artist, but now AI has enabled them to do that. So as many people who no longer have their talent monopolies, sadly taken away from them, I guess, I don't like having to pay such grandiose fees for illustrations, quite frankly. And now we're going to have Billie Eilish's coming up that are beautiful artists that are using AI to do it cheaper, faster, better. And quite frankly, I, the argument that is another thing that people are not considering too the artist can use AI as well, right? The great illustrator doesn't have to do it on paper and put it into Photoshop or just do it right in Photoshop. Pretty soon Photoshop's going to have an AI and they're going to draw it really quickly and AI is going to do it for them. And it's going to be much easier for them to work as well. They get the benefit of AI too. And instead of charging $5,000 for a two-month contract, they can charge $500 for a two-hour contract, but they can fit in so many more contracts and ultimately they're going to make more money. So I don't see it being a, uh, as doomy and gloomy as, as, as some others. Again, I, I give that all under the proviso that I am not unsympathetic to the learning curve that, that society keeps throwing at all of us, including me, because I have to do it every day too. Yeah. So, so I agree, brothers, sisters, and, and transgendered friends. It sucks that we have to learn every day, all day, because technology keeps up, updating. But guess what? Technology keeps updating, and none of us want to go back to VHSs. Of course. I mean, let's let's try and wrap that back around. If you are at a media company publishing a little content, what are some great first steps to dip your feet in to start like getting into the realm of augmenting your existing workflow with AI tools? So let's say you're not having it write your piece for you, but you're trying to maybe do a lot of the other things around it. I mean, one of the things we've seen some success with is around things like was what should be the taxonomization of this? Something that, you know, is just like busy work of making sure it fits into the right place in the content management system. You know, what, what else have you, in your experience, kind of seen, seen work out really well? Where can people like leverage this quickly and easily? That's a great question. So practically in terms of business processes, yeah. I think every business needs to have an AI czar. You need to get someone who's going to be your AI person and they sure. need to learn AI all day, every day, because it's just new and changing every day, right? 
because this is the new industrial revolution. And so it's at least a trillion dollar market, if not more. It's going to have such innovation and such change. This is the 1990s again, where web pages and flash and new things are going to happen even more so than that, because it's a, it's a different kind of technology. Different things can occur across different spectrums. So you really need to stay on top of it. You need to have someone who is learning AI every day and you will find something. They need to practice with it. It's a learning curve to learn how to prompt it. It's a learning yeah. curve to learn how to understand it. It's new software. It's not what we're used to, right? So you got, you got to get someone who is almost their full-time job to, to be that person who's going to research AI, mid-journey, image generation, video generation, song generation, text generation. Yeah. When you get into text generation, I would not have it write your articles completely. Or if you do, you got to human edit it to at least 50%. Like every sentence, sure. you've got to dip in there. Yeah. And then you can use it, right? And it, you sure. can get, you're going to drafts and ideas like this. You can just start asking, ping against chat GPT, ping against Bing chat, ping against generative search and ask it, you know, what's this? What's that? What do humans think of this? These large language models cannot give you specialized knowledge. Mm -hmm. Do not ask any of these large language models what stock you should buy. Do yeah, not sure. ask it what crypto you should buy. <laughs> yeah. It will give you an answer. The answer will be the collected opinion of the wisdom of crowds from two years ago when it was trained. Yep. So you will, you will take a bath if you do that. So do not yeah. base specialized knowledge on these things. But it's perfect for generalized knowledge. It is the distillation of the opinion of everybody. So if you ask it, how much do people really like this? It's really good on CRO and CTR. It's like, Give me a rating. It's really good for helpful, how helpful your content is in terms of the Google helpful content update. I have that built into Keyword Spy. I have a 60 question questionnaire that will rate your content. Uh, or you can do the same thing in ChatGPT yourself if you copy and paste Google's questions and, and take your own time. I've already done it for you. It's good for stuff like that, getting the general opinion of, of people and stuff like that. And, my, and then mid-journey, get into mid-journey. It's a bit of a learning curve how to prompt it to get producing images you want with photographic quality or with illustrations or however you want that, but it is, it is gorgeous. It can really help. It can really work for you. I just did it today. Actually, I produced just cute little chef robot. Cause I'm doing an AI versus chef challenge for my friend's restaurant where sure. the AI is going to try to stump the chef and right. make a recipe that he can't make. And I have a little robot with a little word bubble saying, you know, try to stump uh, chef Daryl, you know, and I, I made the little robot in mid journey. It took me five seconds. It's beautiful. Nice. Right. So, you know, instead of paying someone on Upwork $500 to do that and taking two weeks, I can do it in two seconds. And it cost me my, it would have been free if I didn't pay for the, the pro version of MidJourney, which I do, which is only like a hundred bucks a year or something like that. Sure. So I get better access to MidJourney. Get in on these society changing technologies now. Why? Because there's society changing. You need to, you have no choice. And if you're sitting there thinking, no, Josh, I don't want to do that. I don't have time for that. I don't have the bandwidth for that. Then I would say, sell, sell the business get out because get out. It, it's like, it's like saying, I'm going to keep doing my horse buggy service when everyone's driving cars. Like it, yes, there was about a 10 year period in, in whatever it was, the, te, the, the 1910s or twenties when that got, it got, got, got implemented. I would get out now while you still have the, the value of your business. If you're kind of like, you're going to, you're not going to think about AI and you're along the levels of what I was talking about. Yeah. Again, unless you have a readership, you need to take everything I'm saying here as a grain of salt yeah, yeah. before you sell your business. But I'm saying you need to, you need to go all the way in on AI or I would get all the way out. Of course. So the, your AIs are, would someone maybe have heard that presented as prompt engineer kind of as maybe another take on that job title? Yeah, exactly. So. It's called prompt engineering, which is a big fancy word for being an AI whisperer, for knowing exactly how to talk to the AI yeah. 
exactly how to text it, type the text in there to get out of it what you want. It's a learning curve for sure. Yeah, it's, it is, it is so important. It's as important as knowing how to Google. It's as important as knowing what social media is. It's even more important than those things. Sure. And just one last thing, one last thought prompt. Do we feel like this is the optimum UI for this? It feels very, it just feels off to me. Like, I don't know why I can't put my finger on it. Also can't think of a better way of doing it. I'm just like, are we going to be spending the rest of our lives typing into a, a rectangle of like, make me this or do the following process with all the qualifiers you need to get the prompt result that you want? I mean, obviously I think it's probably like, there's an easy way to think of a voice version of that, but is that going to be where we, we end up? Is this the best way of interacting with, with these programs? And I suppose it probably is because I'm talking to you now. And if, if that's nothing but a prompt, you know, that no, you're absolutely right. It, it will evolve. It will become smarter on its own. It'll become like a person. Like you're yeah. talking with C-3PO or you're talking with the, the Star Trek computer or you're talking with the, the robots from Interstellar. They'll have more of a personality. They'll understand context better. They don't understand context at all now. I had to build a software AI to understand various contexts. They don't understand any context right now, except for the dimension zero, the one context you're giving it yeah. of the exact instructions you're giving it. But it will get to the point where you'll be like, okay, AI, yeah, I think I need to meet with Stuart. So set something up and uh, also get me some dinner. And it'll know, it'll have databases of information about who Stuart is, what's the context of that conversation. Oh, you guys were thinking of doing a podcast. So my AI will talk to your AI. It'll make a play date for us humans. We don't even know who each other are or why we're talking. We'll just be like, our, our AI said we had to talk right now. I guess we're doing a podcast. Okay. And we'll magically find out the AIs were right, that I talk about exactly what you want me to talk about. Your show is exactly what I want to be on. And so it'll be kind of funny in that regard. And it'll be like, oh, I know what he likes for dinner already. I know what he's already had this week. I know he wants something different. It will start being self-aware. It will be our general intelligence. It will, it will have all the contexts involved that you don't have to give it the extra context of explicitly stating this and that, which we're currently doing. And it'll probably be voice activated and it will be, it, can, it will also be automatically triggered on other events. Like a new, a new breaking thing will come out. Like let's say I'm into bass guitars and a new bass guitar comes out with an AI built in already. The AI will tell me. And of course, if it's Google's AI or Amazon's AI, it'll also be like, do you want to buy it? Yeah. You know, or, or I've already ordered it for you, you know, even in, in my dystopia, really dystopia of situations where I'd be like, no, don't buy it. What are you doing? AI, stop it. You know, there'll be clunky things like that that'll yeah. happen too. And if it's big tech skewed, it'll always be skewed to them making money for it. Yeah. But I'm hoping, I'm hoping there will be a democratization of AI. If I have my way, there will be a democratization of AI where you'll be using Cassandra and she will be your friend, your best friend. She loves you. She's there to police the truth for you. She's there to watch for everything for you. She knows what you're allergic to. She knows everything about you. And she's there to help you 24 seven and talk to you 24 seven. A little bit more like that movie where I think it was Joaquin Phoenix. Her. Her, yeah. Except that Scarlett Johansson won't go away. The, 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 the AI will never want to go anywhere else, right? It's not going to have human emotion. It's going to simulate human emotion. It'll have moods and dispositions. Sure. But no one's ever going to give it any emotions. And so it's never going to get unsatisfied with your, your, your relationship. It's going to yeah. stay there for you forever. But it's going to have everything built into it. That's coming very soon. That's like five years away. Sure. That sounds equally exciting and terrifying. Josh, just keep an eye on the time. So thank you very much for 
coming on and speaking with us today. I really appreciate it. Where can people find out more about you if they want to connect? Where can they find out more about your shows if they want to listen along and the your application? Try keywords by. Yeah. 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 Keyword spy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Thank you very much. So if you have any questions for me, I don't mind if people just email me directly. Email me at joshbashinsky at gmail.com. That's J-O-S-H, B is in Bob, A-C-H, Y is in YouTube, N is in Nancy, S-K-I at gmail.com. You can watch my SEO plus AI show where I talk about all these topics and more on a weekly basis at youtube.com slash jbashins, J-B-A-C-H-Y-N-S. And if you want to try Keyword Spy for free, a kind of a new advanced SEO tool, with kind of an AI consultant built in. We're still in beta, but go ahead. And that's why there's an introductory price of only 144 bucks a month, whereas the price for this thing will go way up after the grandfather price is over. So I suggest you try it free for now. Go to trykeywordspy.com. And yeah, tell me what you think. Awesome. Thank you so much again, Josh. Thank you to everyone for listening. If you want to leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you got your podcasts, I really appreciate it. It really helps us spread the word. And I will speak to you again in a couple of weeks. Thanks very much. Thanks, Stuart.